How you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Cool. I'm doing pretty good. Um, today we have Austin Shank as our guest. This is Burn the Ship Podcast, where we connect entrepreneurs with professionals that can help you go all in on your business. Um, so really, our goal today is to learn a little bit about you and your business and what it is that you guys do so well that makes you successful. So I won't steal any of your thunder. I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about your background. Yes, sir. Well, my name is Austin Shank, like you said, and um, I am one of the owners in Old South Contractors. We specialize in commercial and residential roofing. Um, one of the things that kind of sets us apart from everybody else, at least in our area, is just some of the professionalism that we bring along to the table um, when we sit down with the client. A lot of the people in our area are chucking a truck, as I refer to them, and you know they're just the guy down the street that somebody referred to them. And they don't necessarily bring a whole lot of business mindset to the table. They basically are just there to do the work and collect the check. So we've tried to really build a process and build a business that's centered around, hey, how can we set ourselves apart from those guys? How can we be professional? Um, and how can we, you know, build something that in the end is a is an asset, something that we can sell, something that we can manage and leave to our children, whatever that might look like. Sure. So tell me that a little bit as a story. How did you kind of get into being the owner of this company now? And what was your background before that? And was that kind of that process oriented business? Was that something that you were looking into early on in the business world? Was that something that you were focused on immediately? Yeah, sure. So I started out really early. So I started at 19. I, um, I started this business with a former business partner of mine. Um, I was in the window, um, installation company that's what we did we did windows um so i was kind of in construction grew up you know around the farm so i did a lot of construction just around the farm that kind of thing um but i wanted something that i could grow and and with the window side of things i was just on the install crew and there was kind of a ceiling as to what you could do and where you could go with it so i was hoping to find something that i could make a career out of and thankfully i was i was blessed in the um, ability to do so Sure. And so how did you get in? How did, what was that transition like from going to windows to roofs? Sure. Well, it was a, it was a bumpy transition. I'll tell you that. Um, it, it took a lot of time, um, about two or three years really to kind of get out of the windows and into the roofing because basically what happened was, so my, my business partner owned the window company. He helped me get started. We were 50, 50 partners. And he was really busy with his company. His company was successful um, and he had limited time to help me. Um, so as I kind of went along, I said, OK, I need to be able to commit more time to this, more um, just more dedication, be able to be there when my customer needs me instead of always being pulled one way or the other. You know, so basically I just said, hey, I need to buy you out. I need to bring in another partner that's solely committed to Old South. And we did that in 2015. We did that. And um, that's really kind of our launching point and um, just going into roofing and, and forgetting everything else, you know. Why roofing? Well, for us, it was, you know, I have a lot of family. I've got some uncles. Um, my, my dad at one point in time went roofed. Um, it, it's kind of been a family thing. Um, that's kind of where we got started. And a lot of my a lot of my family does commercial roofing in um, Pennsylvania and Ohio, those kind of areas. And they do a lot of liquid applied coatings. So we kind of got started with that mindset and then realized just how much opportunity there was to grow outside of those systems sure. and really be able to pursue other things. So tell me what, 
and and I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I'm going to a little bit. So you had early okay. on, you had a lot of residential business. That was really what you were focused on within your business. And then you slowly transitioned more into, you know, what the success of your business is today, it grew more of the commercial division. How did right. that transition happen? And how did you have the eye to identify that, hey, maybe we need to put more eggs in the commercial basket and stay away from more of this residential stuff that probably isn't what's best for the bottom line of our business? Right. Well, in order to answer that, I'd have to back up just a little bit because basically what happened is we started solely as commercial. And what we saw was, hey, we needed some credibility. Oh. We needed some, um, you know, just an opportunity to prove, hey, this is what we can do. And it's hard to do that in the commercial world. Um, it's hard to walk in and sell a commercial roof to someone when you have no experience. And those those acquisitions of leads and, and you know, the sales process, it takes some time. So I had to go, hey, I've got to do some residential to fill the gaps. So that's what we did for a couple of years. And then over time, I said, hey, I'm not making any money in residential. But when I get commercial jobs, I'll start making some money. Sure. So just out of necessity, I had to go, hey, I, I have to pursue what makes me the most money, um, you know, and allows us to grow. Sure. So how what how long did it take you to kind of, you know, you, you built your bricks, you gr gained some credibility and did some business in your company in the residential world. How long was that transition when when you knew kind of the whole time you were coming back to the commercial space? Right. Uh, about it was probably about three, four years. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good it transitional take, it period. didn't take real long. No, it didn't take real long because the whole time we did commercial. So that was always, you know, on the table. We're always doing a few jobs. And that just slowly built. Sure, sure. So it seems, you know, from from my point of view and something that you guys do well, or it's really two things, is that you guys have identified really well what is the best time spent for your business. And I want to touch on, right. you know, really how important it is for business owners to sit there and think, how how am I spending my time within my own business? How am I separating and allocating time to different areas of my businesses? What's good for me and what is not? The other thing I think that you've done well, and I love it so much because my company is a processing company. My company is um, a payments company. So it's all about having that process of your getting the, the money from your customer's wallet to your uh, cash drawer or your bank account, whatever that looks like. We, we have to make sure that that process is perfect. So one thing that you guys done have so well, that's really exclusive, um, to a select few players in your industry, from my experience is that you guys have that sales process. You guys have that process in place that it takes to take someone through the entire sales process and keep them as a satisfied, happy, loyal customer at the end of that process. So I want to talk about both of those things because it's both things that you've done well. Um, and let's start with kind of the, the time space. So how often are you guys reflecting on how you spend your time within your company and how and how the people within your company spend their time? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it's something that we're learning to do even even more recently. Um, as you get busy, I'm sure you, you've experienced the same thing where you get busy in your company, you're doing the day-to-day -day task, and it can be really hard to just step back and go, hey, um, where are we at? And so I have I have three partners outside of myself in the business, and we do um, biweekly meetings. So a lot of times my thought process and just reflection time is spent in preparation for those meetings. Um, that's that's been really helpful for me to just kind of reflect. Okay, where where are we lacking? What are we not doing well right now? What do we need to put our focus on? 
Um, and, and that's always changing. It, it changes sometimes weekly in our business, especially right now with the way the market is and, you know, material shortages. There's always something pulling up for our attention. So we just have to be kind of fluid and, and what we pay attention to today might be different than what we pay attention to tomorrow. Sure. And tell me about the time that you spend within the sales process with the prospect. Like what does it take to actually take someone on the commercial side of things as a prospect? Hey, this is someone that I identify could use our services all the way to we've slapped the roof on their building and they're happy and they would use us again. What does that look like and sure. how long does that take? Yeah, that's a really, really hard question sure. um, because it can vary so much. You know, it can it can look like in the in the most simplest uh, forms where we get a lead, a lead comes in, it's hot and we follow up. We do our survey, turn in the quote. I try to make sure my quotes are turned in within three to four days um, on a commercial building. I want to be quick. I want to you know try to make sure everything is efficient as possible. Um, and sometimes we'll sign the same day. And then it's just a matter of, you know, getting them on the schedule and getting the roof done. Um, other times I've had leads as long as, you know, that we've turned in quotes on. I've had them for three or four years and then come back and ready to go ahead. In fact, I'm working on one this week that, that was four years in the making. Sure. And so that that's kind of a perfect seg segue. How important is it to have those processes where you can keep up with leads and prospects for all those times? Yeah, it's extremely important. It is something that we still have a lot of improving to do on. Um, there's so many different options out there to use as far as CRMs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, but it's really important. You don't want to oversaturate another business client because that's what a commercial client is. They're a business person. You don't want to oversaturate them with follow up, um, but you do want to be available when they do decide to move forward. Um, a lot of times it's budget for them. So budgets just, you know, holding off the process and you have to be there and ready in the front of their mind whenever they're ready to move forward. So that that goes all the way back to branding and advertising and just keeping that continually running to make sure that you're staying in front of your client. Sure. And what are the ways that you all are acquiring business? So like what, what kind well, of marketing, advertising, sure. outreach are you doing? Yeah. So when it comes to commercial, we do a lot of mailers, direct mailers. Hmm. So that's probably our primary thing. Um, we do some pay-per-click and then we also um, do some cold calling as well. So we have some cold calling campaigns that run um, pretty much year round. Sure. Well, it's pretty unique. You know what, what I think that you guys are doing within this space and really the way that, you know, just to kind of paint that picture is like you spend so much time and I'm sure your partners do as well wearing your business hat, you know, is sure. really looking at the intricacies and the gears that are turning within your business that make it successful or not successful. That's something that I think is unique to, to successful contractors is right. that you have to allot a certain percentage and variance of time that is specific to creating and organizing and running a very efficient, 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 efficient company. So if that is something that's really been a recipe to success for you guys, it's something that I urge people to, to kind of replicate. Um, what pieces of software or technology do you guys use that make your life easier? Well, I would say probably the two number one things that I use is pipe drive mm. um, for my CRM. So nice. I use it uh, quite consistently. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I've been pretty satisfied with that. Um, one of the things is when you're really busy, like you say, wearing that business hat, is just finding the time to be able to utilize it. Um, 
I'm not the most tech savvy guy out there. Um, sometimes it can get really difficult to set all those things up and pay attention to everything else that I have on my plate. So that's been key is trying to learn to utilize it. The other thing that we use is sumo quote that mm. that is something we started about a year and a half ago, and it has been a dramatic change for us. So especially when you're building out a commercial quote, it's really important to try to give as much detail as you can make it look attractive. And I'm going to tell you from experience, when you build a PDF out each time and you're copying and pasting and, you know, editing the whole thing, it takes a long, long time. So that that's been really key for us. So sure. big shout out to Sumo Quote. Sure. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard of some similar stuff from some people in your industry. I have um, a friend of mine that's really focused on kind of automating that whole process. So he uses like Eagle Vision um, for sure. like automated quoting. He does Sumo Quote to kind of organize that and put it in front of people. So I was talking to him um, actually on Monday. And he said that 4th of July weekend, he went to the lake and didn't answer his phone at all. You know, no service, no right. attention, separated himself from his business. He said he came back and they had done almost $100,000 in sales over that weekend because in his area, there was some serious storms about 10 days before that. And uh, so I guess he was just, you know, that that first of the month hits and people are looking at a lot of those things. and. You know, he completely separated himself from the business and because of the way that they had set up and some of the tools that he has in place, you know, they're they're still killing it as far as the sales cycle goes. So, you know, just to, to wrap up what we're saying here is the value is that, you know, knowing your time, knowing your tools and knowing your goals are really what separates a very successful contractor, roofer, cider any, you know, any, any of those industries that, you know, from the person that's always going to be um, you know, that, that craftsman or that balance contractor that's only wearing that business at a certain percentage of the time. Um, and I think that you guys have done that really, really well. I want to ask you, um, as well, you know, if you wouldn't have made that commitment to roofing back in the day, uh, which, which one of those trades would you have picked? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I probably wouldn't be in the construction industry to be honest with you. <laughs> really? Um, what do you probably, like to do? Well, that's a, that's another great question. Um, I, I've never had a lot of time to pursue other things. Um, I do love management. Um, I probably would be in some sort of management role. Um, just probably not within construction if I could help it. Sure. Yeah. 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 Has it got your hair falling out? Sometimes it does. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I tell you, I mean, well, and I would add to what you're saying, um, about, you know, obviously the title of this podcast is burn the ship. But one of the big things that we face in this industry and we face ourselves is just burnout, contractor burnout. So if you don't have that process where you can step away, whether that's automation or somebody else to fill your shoes, you're going to experience it. And it's really, really important um, because you can go all in on a new business and three or four years in, um, at least for me, I was done. Sure. You know, I was just all over. Sure. So answer and answer me this. This this is one of my final kind of thoughts. And it's something that is a little, you know, not conjecture, but just from the outside looking in at your industry, I wonder about these things. Um, it seems that people are spending money at an ungodly rate on their house right now. Even though right. metals high, lumber's high, all of those things, it's almost like a lot of those people that are craftsmen or balance contractors that don't really get to that visionary role that they can write a quote or a number on a napkin sometimes and win a job. You know, it just sure. depends what those situations are. How do you guys plan to, once the market goes back down and everybody isn't, you know, everybody's a little bit more safe with their money. How do you guys plan on 
taking that competitive edge and having that competitive advantage over some of those people that are going to suffer more once people are a little tighter with their money based on the processes that you guys have. Sure. Yeah, that's that's something that we're really looking at right now and trying to kind of grasp grasp how we're going to deal with it. Um, I it's don't coming. Know that I have, yeah, I don't know that I have the perfect answer yet. Um, we're still trying to kind of figure out how do we handle this. Um, because on the commercial side right now, acquisition of materials has become next to impossible. So we know that we're going to have to, for a time period, go back to some residential work. Um, whereas we were trying to move and transition out as much as possible um, going into this year. So for us, really what we are trying to focus on is, number one, we know who our client is. Um, to be frank with you, our client is usually 50 years and older. Um, they're focused on quality. They don't want to do their roof again. And it's not so much about the price. So, yeah, they want to they want to make sure the price is, you know, at least in the same region as everybody else. But they're not looking to save five hundred dollars by going with the cheapest contractor. So for us, really, what we've been changing is, hey, we're not chasing after the client that's not our perfect client because we already know we're not in the price game. That's not something that we focus on. So we want to make sure we're chasing after that perfect client and that we're giving them the time that they need to build that relationship and build that trust with us so that they know in the end they're getting they're gaining the value. And I'm able to communicate the value that we offer compared to somebody else. Sure. And so, uh, you know, I think that what you're saying is is a perfect segue to to kind of wrap up this podcast, man, is that you can just see and you guys you, you guys really permeate that barrier between contractor and business person really, really well. You guys walk that line between service and understanding of business and not undervaluing yourselves in a really exceptional way. And that's why I wanted to talk to you guys more. So tell people if they want to pick your brain more, have a further conversation with you, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So they can reach out to me directly um, at oldsouthcontractors at gmail.com. That's O-L-D-E southcontractors at gmail.com or they can call me 478-251-2037 and finally i will tell them they can look us up online oldsouthcontractors.com just sure. just remember the e it's old english sure. a lot of people forget that so <laughs> tell me uh and the last thing i want to leave with here is like what does it mean for you to go all in on your business you know as as you guys are experiencing this yeah. right now i think that a lot of the challenges that you're facing would never even kind of bear mind or, or or be at the forefront of the equation if you guys weren't so committed on you know being being where you're at you know talk to me sure. a little bit just in general about what it's like to buy that partner out and bring in a new partner that's really committed on growing the brand and the business and the skills that it takes to run a successful business and really how that's just impacted your business in your life yeah so i mean we started from the bottom i mean we started with zero dollars in the bank um we worked many days for free and tried to make it up somewhere else and so i mean i know what it's like to have nothing and know what it's like to have something and when you have something it's very easy to become complacent so that's something that as as the leader in the business i've really fought against complacency and just getting satisfied with where we're at. So we're always trying to grow, keep that mindset, you know, keep those wheels turning. And, and we're unique. I've got three brothers that are partners with me. Um, I'm the oldest. I kind of run the business and keep everything going from a 20,000 foot view. Um, but for me, it's been, hey, we've got to stay communicating. We've got to keep, you know, our, our brotherhood first and foremost. And then out of that, we've got to grow this business so that we can provide for our families. 
income. That way we have a, you know, a retirement. I have a lot of family members that have worked in the construction field, and I know you've probably seen a lot of guys do it. They work there all their life and they have nothing the day they die. Um, you know, and, and they literally work there till the day they die because they have nothing. So for us, it's really important that we continue pursuing excellence, you know, continue pursuing growth so that we can just grow this business to allow us to retire, allow us to pursue other things. Um, we go all in so that in the end, we're not tied to the business. Like you said, your buddy was able to step away from the business for a weekend. I can remember a time in my business where I was on my honeymoon and taking phone calls hmm. because otherwise things were not going to get done. Um, and that was a, that was a really, really big thing for me to be able to step away and, and to delegate. And that, that's all, that's all part of growing. If you don't grow, you're not going to be able to do those things and you're tied to it and you'll burn on that ship. Sure. Absolutely, dude. I love what you're saying. That's powerful. And that's so accurate. So, you know, I think that we're better having known you, you know, you've given us some stuff to think about and hopefully our audience feels the same way. Hopefully we've got some people out there that are walking in similar shoes to you guys and are really looking to take their game up a level, you know, so I just appreciate the opportunity to kind of pick your brain and learn from you guys and see what you guys have done well. And I hope that, you know, this podcast bring you guys some value as well. Um, anything that we can do to help you guys or any connections that we can make, I would love to, you know, establish uh, some grounds there. So, you know, just just let me know any way that we can help you guys sure up that process so that, you know, the cream always rises to the top. We'll, we'll help you figure it out. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Cool. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. I think we're done here.